Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. Hi, I'm Sarah Smith. If you're the type of person that goes to liberty as other people would go on safari, and the fact that John Lewis doesn't have a funeral service makes you fret, Sarah Smith cleaning cloths are for you. Sarah Smith, available from Sainsbury's for the Posher Washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. is dumbly dumb the show about the reality docky drama that is centred on Ambridge in the heart of the Midlands on the Mother's Day feast that is Roy Field Brown and with me are the heap of stale bread rolls that is Lucy Freeman and the last part of our pathetic effort by the bull is you now today's dumbly dumb is from a dumbly diddler Ooh, Lucy and we've got some dumbly diddler news later I know I saw the picture oh wasn't she cute yes now today's dumbly dumb is from dumbly diddler Dan son of Polly Barker on a swanny whistle. Thank you very much, Dan. It made us so happy. That was most awesome. Lucy? Yes? Can you remind our listeners and Dumpty Diddlers and even Dumpty Dogs, maybe a Dumpty Dog wants to try and do a, you know, a Barrett Green for us, how they can win the accolade of Dumpty Dumber of the Week. Yes, if you would like to sing us a Dumpty Dum, give us a plot prediction or give up coffee for Lent to ensure you're a twitching wreck by Easter, then ring us on 02030313105 or leave us a message on SpeakPipe. Thank you to lovely Shambridges for her amazing voices. To Cosmo for his podcast roundups, more Cosmo news shortly. And to Sarah Smith for sponsoring us. And thank you also to Derek for loading the back bedroom. Uh, Derek has been very busy. He's been sorting out our uh, 100th uh, episode next week. And he's also got a volunteer job working in a charity shop in Borchester. Um, he told them that he wanted them to find him something that allowed him to use his relevant skills and experience. So they've got him rinsing out the thongs. <laughs> Unhygienic things, thongs, aren't they? <laughs> <laughs> well, if you like dental floss, they're fine. <laughs> On this week's episode, we have calls from oh. Titian73, who thinks that the button girls are to blame, Julie, who thinks someone should call the midwife, Sam, who's worried about the titchy sprog, with a spoon, who thinks we've jumped the shark. Blythe Spirit, who agrees with me. Well, hey, love you, Blythe Spirit. New York <laughs> Nigel, who's had enough of cows. And Vicky from Kenya, 
who thinks the plot device is rubbish. But first, before all the good stuff, it's Lucy V. Freeman and a week in Ambridge. is moving back to his house to kick up his heels. Everyone keeps saying, poor old Bert, we must keep him busy. So the poor old bugger's about to drop dead of exhaustion. He's working at Brooker's, d- digging Carol Toboggan's hemp patch, dry stone wall in the <laughs> village hall, making a bloody remote control chicken hut for the fair buggers. He's 146 and it's past his bedtime. He should be at home with his feet up, watching Cash in the Attic without his teeth in. The Brooker's cows have arrived. There are millions of them. It's like when you do an Ocado order when you're a bit drunk and you order seven kilos of bananas instead of seven bananas. Let's just get lots and lots of cows. Lots and lots and lots of cows. Pip and Ruth went all squealy about them. Woo, look at that brown one and look at that brown one. Then Josh came out to help shove them through the milking parlour and recognised one of the cows as a group leader. I think it was probably the clipboard or the name badge that gave her away. (laughs) Toby had a dubious shenanigan with some lucky lady slash man slash sheep and turned up late for his meeting to scoff at Josh, the millionaire schoolboy. He keeps pestering Bert with pictures he's got off the internet. Actually, that's probably not a bad idea, but single man and he probably needs some sort of outlet. Anyway, Toby was his usual oafish self and wants some sort of mechanism that opens and shuts doors, blow dries the hens and pulls the eggs out of their bottoms. He's probably already <laughs> got a machine that shoves things up people's bottoms. Now, here's a shocker. The Grundy Enterprises shepherd's hut is going wrong and is wonky and unstable. Who'd have thought? It's basically a sort of compost bin on a skateboard. I think it'll fit in terribly well with Linda's peculiar statuary, llamas wandering around, dog with half a pelvis and hypoallergenic grass. Anyway, it's another clear return to form for the Grundies. Clary moaning about the state of her floor, Eddie conning people and Ed the smooth-tongued devil asking his mother if she'd like to go for brunch for Mothering Sunday and then adding that it's fine as it's on special offer so he wouldn't have to pay for her anyway. All we need now is for William to be mean-spirited about something and Joe to get a flare-up of his farmer's lung and it would be quite like the old days. Johnny passed his exams. Our exams, brilliant! And now has a diploma in overalls. Good for you, Johnny. He went pottering mm-hmm. off to home farm to watch Adam chuck his muck. He then made the fatal <laughs> mistake of wondering aloud if Adam didn't get bored just driving uh-huh. up down the field in a tractor. My God, Johnny, don't start putting on that thread. If you go around the village asking people if they're bored, they might all realise they're practically catatonic and will be listening to a deserted village. Lillian hired the Fairbottoms to hump her furniture around and said they were both very well endowed. She'll have to ask Kate about that. She scrubbed the rattle powder off. Anyway, I have a horrible feeling that Toby has identified Lillian as a potential sugar mummy. (laughs) Uh, We had an unseasonal recurrence of Christmas Linda. She is banging on about this ruddy pageant, which is called England's Pleasant Land. Brian's only interested because he thought it said England's Peasant Hand. Anyway, Linda also wants everyone in Ambridge to help clean for the Queen. Why the Queen can't clean for herself, I can't imagine. If it was clean with the Queen, I could get behind it. You pass the detox, Your Majesty, and I'll crack on with the skirting. Whatever flipping mailing list Linda is on, I really think she should think hard about unsubscribing. She seems to be endlessly notified about things to be celebrated, sponsored, supported. I think she's the only person, well, no, actually maybe her and Kenton, who actually believe all these daft National Dandelion Week things. Yes, it's Dipper Hedgehog in Mustard Day. Support your local <laughs> trampolining nudists. Well, yes, they'd need all the support they could get. 
mm-hmm. and the gloves are off with Robin Krusty. He chucked her out while Helen went all Victorian heroine again. And now he's trying to oust Johnny as well. How you can feel threatened by someone who's 16 and wears the bubble hat, God only knows. And by the way, Ursula, joyful experience, childbirth, my ass. The end. Oh, I enjoyed that this week. That was good. <laughs> well done, Lucy Freeman. Um, You were rattling through stuff there. Mm-hmm. And it occurred to me, and I've been wanting to say this for weeks, right? But the whole Linda asking Eddie to make that thing makes no sense. No. Because why wouldn't she ask Robert? Robert's handy. Yes, of course. Yeah. Well, I think it's because Joe said he used to live in a shepherd's hut he actually used to have one and he used to stay in it it is still nonsense and as everyone else seems to be asking bert to do absolutely everything why wouldn't she ask bert who is a lot more reliable than eddie Hmm. yeah i know it's well we'll just add that to the list of the what the fuck (laughs) plot holes we've got dumdy diddlers listening to this sorry you can't say words like that sorry Hmm. what the goodness me is going on yes with the plot holes. Mm. Anyway, so um, before we go on to calls um, of the week, mm. we don't call them calls of the week. Caller inners. Good yes. grief. I don't even know the titles of our own segments. Before we <laughs> come to the caller inners, right. Um, anything else you'd like to just ponder on and pontificate on um, in the last seven days in Ambridge? Because I haven't really got too much, to be honest with you. I would not like to pontificate or ponder. I would like to shout. Oh, Right, I'm not then. going to though. I tell it's... you what, I'll I'll just recline back. Yeah. <laughs> <Break>. <laughs> the floor Break. is yours, Freeman. You need to cross your hands over the back of your neck, head between your knees, your own knees, Royal. <laughs> um, <laughs> basically, I know we said last week that this Rob and Ursula, hmm. they've now wrecked it. Uh, they've built up an edifice that was bigger than them and it's now started to topple over on top of them because now they're trying to work out how they can end it without the whole lot clashing down on top of them. Mm. And it has, quite frankly. And I completely agree. We've got a lot of calls about this, but I'm going to add my voice to the to the merry throng. It is insane that A, Ursula should reappear as world's most influential mother on Rob when he's done nothing but slag her off for the last year. Um, and the most stupid thing, the stupidest, stupidest, stupid thing ever mm. was Rob and Ursula coercing Helen, or Ursula in particular, to have a home birth and Pat to not say a word mm. when no she sense. nearly died. Mm. However, uh however drawn in however coerced however um convinced you may be by this uh man who appears to only have the best interests of your daughter at heart blah 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 blah. as a mother and i'm not you know i'm not saying this i'm a mother you know it's sodding obvious you would your first concern would be for your daughter's well-being not whether or not she had a joyful birth experience just not to die that you know it's a really <laughs> serious she's got mm. a series of very serious conditions mm. she hasn't had um any follow-ups mental health follow-ups she hasn't had it had any proper nutrition follow-ups. she's had one nutrition follow-up they're not going to antenatal classes if they are we never hear about them which it would be surprising um 
it's just stupid now. It's gone beyond, you know, Patty's not blind. She's not stupid or blind or that kind of, uh, that kind of fragile around Helen that she'd actually sacrifice that much of her own care for her daughter. It's just, it makes no sense. They have sacrificed sense for a, they have sacrificed sense for a press driven storyline now they've now and it's so such a stupid waste because they've done this so subtly and so beautifully up until now and now it's just ursula may as well have a cloak and you know an evil laugh um they may you know it's just ridiculous it's not even it's not even soap ridiculous in that um overly dramatic it just there's a there's actual logic holes in it and that's that's unforgivable really logic holes you could you know you can you can forgive a bit of nonsense you can forgive a bit of drama you can forgive a bit of um uh um you know overblown sentiment or 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 a, or a, a overly dramatic denouement but actually to just have a character like pat who just suddenly becomes mute and just seemingly doesn't care just you know and to go from that scene i don't know whether to have a home birth or not to then we're all yay happy birthday to tom blah 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 and pat sitting there without anyone saying you're going to have a home birth what you know just ridiculous stupid stupid and patronizing and we're not that thick so just stop it <sighs> i finished now good heavens Still there. have you turned me off <laughs> no 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 <laughs> i did just go make a pot of coffee I was gonna... <laughs> <laughs> I answered a couple of emails <laughs> sent out a couple of tweets <laughs> said to god it's diva lucy's on one <laughs> Well, that surpassed me of last week. Well done. But no, I wasn't. I wasn't as cross last week as you were. But this thing, this having the baby at home thing, mm. that's that's what. Last week it was for you. It was it was Ursula um, suddenly being, you know, Rob saying, "Oh well, I trust my mother and all this stuff." Mm. Uh, but for me, it was it was that. It's just ridiculous. Well, you know, I suppose Pat did say. Are you sure, Helen? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> so it's all all right then. Are you sure? <laughs> you person with significant mental health disorders having all your decisions made for you by someone else. Are you sure that's a good idea? Oh, all right then, if you say so. Oh. Anyway, shall we move on to the caller inners? Yes, I'll have a lie down. Hello, Ambridge three nine six two. Who's first, Freeman? Um, Titian73. Hello, Lucy and Royfield. This is Titian73. I am a first-time caller in I, uh, I work in employee communications and engagement in civil engineering. I live in a watery village 15 miles north of Yokel Bear. See if you know where that is. Um, I think I'm a Rory listener. I think I've listened full-time since... He appeared and they took him to live with them. Um, I'm calling in this time with a plot prediction. 
I think that someone silly like the Button Girls or Toby sent all these uh, pointless anonymous valentines as a plot device just to get a bit of romance going. But I think it's a bit daft, but the story arc could actually last quite a long time if it kicks off a bit of love. Um, Anyway, that's all for now. Looking forward to seeing everyone on the 7th. Goodbye. The valentines. That all seems to have gone quiet, doesn't it? But I think that Toby sent the valentine to Kirsty. Because he met her at the health club, didn't he? Mm. And was all sleazy and, oh, well, I better change to your gym then. Oh, God. The worst thing was when she said, I'm the manager of the health club. And he went, oh, well done, you. Oh! <laughs> you <laughs> <live> <laughs> really? Um, uh, God knows who sent Roy his. Phoebe, I think, probably, to cheer him up, possibly. Mm. Good or, shout, that. Yeah, not Hayley. No, too sensitive. And certainly not Elizabeth. Um, yeah, it's much more likely to be Toby shit-stirring than the Button Girls, I think. Um, but yes, I miss storylines like who sent who of Valentine's and, you know, Jolie <laughs> giving up coffee and everything else. Talk about reaching that one. <sighs> the Lent. Mm. I'm going to give up. Why would you give up coffee? Because as Kenton said, well, it's, you're only going to save about £2.50. How are you, you, that's not going to make any difference to the blooming curtain fund or whatever it was so it's not so, like she nip up costa coffee is it she's making it herself anyway hmm but the whole point of lent right is this from back in the day when the like early monks used to like travel out into the desert and then like flail themselves and stuff and you know self-flagellate and all that malarkey is this kind of what we're supposed to do um, which is a watered-down version of all of that. Well, yeah, it's just sacrificing yourself, isn't it? Sacrificing something, yeah. Mm. Uh, I just, uh, yeah, it's as you've quite expertly said before. It's, um, it's the only bit of the United Kingdom which <laughs> 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 uh, uh, routinely no celebrates uh, Lent. Yeah, so mm, <laughs> I, I, you know, it just goes all over over my head all this Lent stuff because. It is the most dreary characters generally yeah, that, uh, you know, yeah. participate in it. So, yeah. Anyway, um, what else did Titian say? Uh, that was it, really. She was mostly concerned with Valentine's. And and mostly concerned with getting all the protocols right, being a first time caller in a row. Yes, she mm. was. Well done. Is, was, is, was. Mm-hmm. Um, this next lot, we're going to squish together three calls. Ooh, that sounds exciting. Can we do that? Uh, Yes. Hello, Dumpty Dum, Blythe Spirit calling. Well, Royfield, I could not possibly echo your sentiments about the storyline that shall not be mentioned more eloquently or more fully. I, there can't possibly be anyone left amongst us Archers listeners who doesn't want this blasted thing to be over and done with now, can there? I mean, really? Is there anyone who just wants this to go on and on and on, descending into farce? I don't think so. I'll tell you what really ticks me off, and that is the personality transplant that Pat has been given over the course of the last few months. We know that Helen has a very traumatic past. We know about the disordered eating. And previously, Pat was hypervigilant around her daughter. You know, she'd only need to have so much of it as a tiny frown on her face. And Pat would say, are you, are you all right? Are you, are, are you OK? And she would be really looking after her. Now she just seems to be completely blithely indifferent to that abject horror going on under her nose. And no, I don't think the fact that Rob appears to have bamboozled her has any truck in this argument whatsoever. It just doesn't ring true. It's a crock. Also, 
Apart from the fact that Pat never speaks to her daughter about anything particularly important these days, how could she possibly stand there with Rob basically lecturing her daughter and saying, we are going to have a home birth, aren't we, darling? Because that's what you wanted before, isn't it, darling? And that's what we decided to do, isn't it, darling? If she can't possibly see that, then someone please give her a guide dog. I think that what's going to happen now is that Kirsty will go to either Tom or Pat and she will say, look, there's something not right here. Have you have you noticed anything? Have you seen anything? You know, I really think that we should do something about it. I'm worried about her. And hopefully some kind of intervention will be staged against Rob and Ursula. Personally, I would prefer it to involve some knives, a distinct lack of police presence and an open grave up Lakey Hill. But, you know, that's just my personal preference. Hello, Lucy Royfield and all Dumpty Dummers everywhere. This is Vicky from Kenya. Um, I haven't called lately because I've been really busy and I've never quite caught up with the archers and the podcasts to be able to call in in time. I just want to say, probably along with everybody else, this nonsense about the home birth business. I'm, I'm amazed by this. I'm hoping that it is a really clumsy plot device so that people realise, because it's so bonkers, but people realise exactly what sort of situation Helen is in and how much she's submitting to the control of Rob and now Ursula. But I'm really hoping that it isn't going to be a, a, a thing that comes true because it can only end badly. <clears throat> so um, let's see what happens. But as I say, I hope it is just a, a rubbish plot device. Also, do we know where Ursula comes from? Because either she or the actor playing her has a very strange accent and I can't work it out. And I don't know whether we've got any back history on where she's from. Okay, that's everything today. Um, Looking forward to the podcast. Hi, Roy Field and Lucy. It's Julie from Pickering here. Just been to the gym and pedalling away on the stepper as you do. And I had the most awful premonition. Re-last night's episode where Helen, a.k.a. Robin Ursula, have decided she'll have the baby at home. And she's told Pat... Pat, please, please step in. I have an awful, awful premonition where that she goes into labour. Ursula has stayed because obviously she needs to stay to, to look after Helen and the baby when it arrives. Helen goes into labour and Rob and Ursula don't call the midwife and they decide to deliver the baby themselves. And it becomes some kind of grotesque Rosemary's baby scene with, oh... I can't even think about the carnage that would ensue. Also, thinking, could this be the demise of Helen? Might she die in childbirth? And will Pat, for goodness sake, finally intervene if that does happen? I hope it doesn't happen, but just had to put this down on speak pipe uh, to let you know the crazy things I think about when I'm stepping away at the gym. Toodles! So that was Julie Atkinson from Pickering, Mm. Vicky from Kenya, and Blythe Spirit, who agrees with you, as you said. Um, yes, exactly. As I've just ranted at length, Pat was, as you said, Blythe Spirit, hypervigilant with Helen. All of a sudden, she doesn't seem able to, to, to you know, if Helen went cartwheeling past with her knickers on her head, Pat would say, oh, you're right. You look well, <laughs> Helen. Um, uh, yes, Ursula sounds a bit Scottish now. I don't think she sounded Scottish before. There is this great conspiracy theory on the Twitters mm. that... It, that's not that's not Rob's mother. That he's hired some sort of woman to come in and derail Helen. Which I think even for Rob, that's a, <laughs> that's a reach too far, honestly. Um, 
And yes, where is the midwife? Julie Atkinson says that we're going to end up with some sort of Rosemary's Baby situation where Rob and Ursula try and deliver the baby themselves. Mm. Uh, well, I, I can't even comment, Lise. I, can't. I know. It's just too distressing, isn't it? Well, it's just batshit crazy bollocks, yeah. basically. Yeah. <laughs> batshit crazy bollocks, yes. I'm sorry. The the, to to try and stress the positives and to hope that we, you know, we are on the final stretch of this storyline, this phase of the the Rob storyline. Anyway, um, at least Tom. Oh God, that was yesterday's, wasn't it? Where Tom? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. God, can't even say that then. All right. Well. Yeah. I know. It's. <laughs> it's, it's I know. <laughs> I'll just move on. Um, Next call. (laughs) (laughs) Well, this is going to be a short show, isn't it? Nothing's happened. We can't talk about anything. The end. Um... No, what I will say, though, is um, Blythe Spirit, she's my favourite caller in her because... uh, Well, but I, I like her brio, though. You yes. know, she's she's got a certain kind of gusto about her. She's you know very you know clear thought, and you know and uh, and yeah, generally she comes always to the right conclusions. Yeah. About agreeing yes. with me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right conclusions being your conclusions. Clearly. Yes. Yes. There's my yes. way, and then there is wrong. Mm. Um. Oh, and it was just, and it was lovely to hear from Kenya. Kenya. Mm-hmm. Yes. There were no sound effects. Nothing. No, none, none whatsoever. Maybe I'll put some on in yeah, post-production. Put, put some gorilla whoops or something on behind. <laughs> she sounds like Diane Fossey in the middle of the jungle. Um, I don't think gorillas live in Kenya. Don't they? And they up that mountain in the, in the Congo. Oh. Yeah. No, they're in the mist. That's the one thing I know about them. They're always in the mist. They love a bit of mist, gorillas. Um, and now, Sam mm. Mary D. Hello, lovely Dumpty Dum people. It's Sam here. I'm on the Twitters at Sam Mary D. I'm a bit of a fraud, actually. I shouldn't really be ringing in because I'm not listening at the moment. Um, I have stopped listening because of the story of which we do not speak. Um, Just a few too many things that strike chords with me. Um, But one thing that I have been thinking about um, reading the tweets go past and listening to Dumpty Dum is what will happen when this baby is born because I can't begin to imagine that Helen is going to feel any kind of automatic bond with it. It was conceived not exactly in a an act of love from what we understand. She's been bullied and, well, frankly, tortured all the way through her pregnancy. And I just wonder if she's really going to be able to bond with this child when it actually turns up, especially if Rob is still around and um, it's treated infinitely more favourable than Henry will be. Um, I don't know. I'm not a parent. Perhaps something magical happens the second the baby is born and it's all just good and wonderful. But I do wonder if that's really going to happen. Anyway, I am looking forward to seeing many of you on the 7th of March. See you soon. Bye. So what's she saying about the titchy scrub and Lucy? Will Helen be able to bond with this baby? Well, my personal, personal view is these are the Rob and Helen mm. that, and sorry if this is distressing for anybody, I think the baby will die. Sorry. Dead babies on a Monday morning. But that's what I think. Um, I think this child is not going to actually come into the world at all. 
Uh, and however, it, if it does, I think Rob and Ursula's treatment of Helen and or Henry during that period will either be the thing that pulls Helen together um, and, and and helps her see clearly and think I have to get out of it and sort of forces an ultimatum on her, forces a situation of ultimatum on her. Or she will have some form of postnatal depression and uh, Rob will then get power of attorney over the child and the child will be brought up by Ursula and Rob. I thought you said the baby is going to die. If it doesn't die. If oh, it comes if, through. Oh, okay. Right. But I think there is going to be, there's clearly going to be some sort of health crisis and it's going to be exacerbated by their behaviour. Mm. Um, but yeah, I think that... Uh, I can't... I, mm, I think when yes. you have a what do baby, you, think, Lucy? you kind of... I'm trying to think how to word this. When you have a baby, you develop a ferocity that you a ferocity of care that you don't i remember having to go into hospital with william when he was newborn mm-hmm. he had, we had to go back in again and um we were put on a ward uh i had like an mrsa thing and i was put on a ward in a private room because i Is had this when you had that oh you didn't have the 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 jamaican midwife this time with, with... no <laughs> thank heavens for that <laughs> Um, oh do you know what I was talking to my friend and Mm -hmm. she's a midwife around here Mm -hmm. and she's been a midwife in the East End for 20 years Mm -hmm. and she said um, she uh, was a woman was in labour and she was kneeling by the side of the bed and she she tried to sort of um, the the midwife tried to sort of kneel differently to sort of move her position to help the woman and her knee knocked into something Mm-hmm. And she sort of glanced briefly under the bed, and it was a full housebreaking kit under the bed. What? And, um, yeah. And then she said to the woman, when they were filling, she remembered that when she was filling out the forms earlier, um, she said to the lady, What's your husband's occupation? And the woman had looked a bit, went a bit quiet, and then said, uh, Removals. <laughs> <laughs> Susan said, Oh, well, he must be busy at the minute because there's no end of, of, of property being sold around here, isn't there? And she went, Not that sort of removals, love. <laughs> <laughs> And then when she delivered the baby, mm-hmm. um, the husband was delighted and said, we want to give you a little present. Come in the back room. And Susan thought, blimey. Well, you know, because she's used to, I mean, people often give her sort of, you know, jumpers or cakes or chocolates or whatever. Mm-hmm. And there was an entire room full of fur coats still with all their labels on. And he said, which one do you want? Take your pick. <laughs> <laughs> and she said, I can't walk out of here with a mink. <laughs> And she said to us, to go, where did the... And then just thought, no, not now. Shush. And, <laughs> so she excuses and left. <laughs> anyway. Um, yes, midwifery. How the hell did I get onto this? Uh, yes, so I was in... in I was um, uh, on this ward with William mm. uh, um, when he was very, very tiny newborn. And there was a lady who was clearly in the very, very advanced stages of dementia and she wasn't very well at all. And oh, she was dear. wandering around the ward shouting. And I was in this private room and then all of a sudden, and she was off absolutely, you know, away with the fairies and quite nasty. And all of a sudden the door rattled and she came in and it was the middle of the night and there's this crazy haired old lady standing, moving towards the baby. And I growled. I'm not kidding. I made a noise that was the fiercest noise I could think of to make. And it was like, it was an absolutely primal 
I will kill you reaction if you take one more step towards this baby. Mm. So that's that's what I mean about you have this ferocity. Um, but, you know, whether you have that ferocity when you've had all the self-confidence knocked out of you for the last two years, I don't know. Uh, I'm hoping she will have. But anyway, little segue there into a strange little portrait of me. Anyway. Uh, I really now... liked your East End uh, gangster villain <laughs> voice. That was most excellent. <laughs> Ray Winston, that is. Yeah, yeah. Um, Stunning, that. Uh, with a spoon. Hey, baby, I hear the blues are calling. Tossed salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. Greetings, Lucy, Royfield, Millie Bell, and all Dumpty Dumbers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here. First, the good news. Jolene is giving up coffee for Lent. The new cows arrived at Brookfield. Bert put Toby in his place. And we had two whole days free of the story that dare not be named. But now we must address the latter. In response to last week's podcast questions about whether the archers demonstrated the best practice of medicine when an undernourished and anemic Helen with a history of an eating disorder and previous late-term pregnancy difficulties was hospitalized, obviously and shockingly not. Oh, there was a brief mention of a mental health consultation, but what of it? She should have had an evaluation by a psychiatrist, needless to say, with no one else in the room. Close, and I emphasize close, follow-up with a nutritionist and mental health professional would have been arranged. Calorie intakes, not too little, but not too much, and weight gain would be monitored. Family members would be educated around how to interact with her at mealtimes, and that would include no force feeding of pastries. I could go on and on, but just to say that eating disorders are among the most challenging of all psychiatric illnesses to treat, and I think the show, in its inaccurate portrayal of it, is doing a disservice to the public. As we know, much has happened since Helen has arrived back home. I, in agreement with everyone else, can't figure out how Ursula went from being the worst mother in all of England to the all-knowing best things since sliced bread in Rob's mind. And how could Pat not put up more of a protest when Rob announced that Helen was going to give birth at home? As I mentioned on the Twitters, it's not 1920 and this ain't Downton Abbey. Have the writers planned Helen's demise or maybe just the babies? Will Kirsty march over to Tom, Pat, and Tony and shake them into reality so that they can rescue Helen? Is this all compelling modern drama or has the story just jumped the shark as we stare at our radios in disbelief that all save for one person in a small village where everyone knows each other's business could not figure out what's going on? Hey, did the writers plan all this good stuff to occur at the same time as Dumpty Dum's 100th episode? Wish we could be there in person, but we're preparing a loving Valentine and Angus is buying a new bow tie for the occasion. Talk to you then. Hey baby, I hear the blues are calling, toss salads and scrambled eggs. Mercy. He's as cross as everyone else. And Witherspoon doesn't generally get cross because he's too zen. <laughs> he's so cross today. And he says, the story has jumped the shark. Witherspoon, not only has the story jumped the shark, the shark has jumped the story. The story's jumped the shark. There are sharks and stories everywhere. The ocean is a frothing mass of Jumpiness. sharks and jumping. Mm. Yes. And that's it, really. Uh, but yes, it was, it was... I did like the bits with... Um, with Bert, really. I quite liked that. Uh, and I just liked anything that wasn't Rob and Helen. Um, and 
poor old Lillian, when she said, it's a bit, I'm a bit too old to start again. She's not, though, is she? No, of course not. Because she's 70, but, you know, she's a game old bird and she looks what good. What do you mean by that? What? Game old bird, exactly. Well, she's not... What are you referring decide, to? Some people decide, I'm 70, so I'm going to act 70. From now on, I'm 70. And mm. I'm going to, you know, just give up sort of thing um but she doesn't she's very young at heart she's engaged with things she's running a business she's still working she's still active she still does all her hobbies she's you know still up for a laugh hmm. and yeah. she still likes men and you know whatever still do likes you still sex. like men oh i don't know <laughs> yes i do royfield do you yeah on the whole they don't get in the way too much yes <laughs> Define a man getting in your way. Stopping me doing what I want to do. Making me look at... How is that? How would that even be possible? To read my book in peace. What? How would that even be possible? Because you're, you know, you're very clear about what you want to do. Yes. Yes, I suppose I am, aren't I? Yeah. No, but you know, when, when, when... <sighs> well, most of my clients are men. Mm. And... They get on my wick sometimes, but not in a particularly, not in a way that they not are. Not the gentleman at Sarah Smith, I hope. No, no, actually, I do love Clive. Mm. He's lovely. But Clive is the most un-alpha male in the world. Okay. He's, he's a poet. He's a, he's, a, he's a socialist poet. You can't really be obnoxious if you're a socialist poet. But Lucy, don't you work in PR? No. You do a bit. Uh... Mm. Less and less, but yes, I've got one client that I still do PR writing for, yeah. I really admire your honesty, you know, to broadcast out that most <laughs> of your clients piss you off. <laughs> you know, I was like, <laughs> maybe that's the reason why you're not doing much PR anymore, Lucy. <laughs> just, just... Oh, I do the like you, you know. Do, the worst thing they do is when you're about to go on holiday mm. and they say, oh, you're going? Oh, uh... And then something that they've quite happily been left on the back burner for the last six months. They suddenly want it in the Friday mm. before you leave because they've suddenly panicked that you're not going to be there. That really irritates me. I think men have a have particular form, my, my, my men anyway, for imposing their agenda upon you, their timing upon you. And I don't know. But like isn't that. that just clients in general? I think, yeah, maybe. The women don't do it though. Maybe you don't have many my female, female clients. Say, my female editors say, mm. don't worry about it. Leave it till you come back. And the men say, if you could just get it done before you go, that would be great. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> mm. Well, that, that's very interesting. No, it's not. Can we get back to the archers? Yes. Well, you started it. I know. <laughs> I'm a tinker like that. Edit it all out. Um... And now, New York, Nigel! Hello, Lucy. Hello, Royfield. It's uh, New York, Nigel here with a rather irritated call, I have to say. I'm normally very enthusiastic about the farmer-type storylines in The Archers, but this week it looked like cows were playing a major role, so I thought, OK, I've been listening to this programme for a long time. Maybe I should make an effort. So... I looked up these famous cows 
and you know they gave up the Herefords. I remember the Herefords, but you know, for the life of me, I couldn't remember what new cows they've got. So I looked them all up online and looked at the archers' website and everything. Supposed to be a program to help people and all of the rest of it to do their farming. What do you get from the archers' websites? A whole load of nonsense about hyperotic Joe Grundy's vowels and what have you, who's giving up what for Lent. I mean, it's just a whole load of stuff that doesn't really help you understand the farmer's storyline at all. There's just nothing there. So you're looking and you're trying to sort of follow along with the storyline, give it all the enthusiasm in the world that you've got, and you get no help whatsoever from the archers' websites uh, in any direction whatsoever. So I really sympathise with Royfield because I the, the one reference I could find to them getting rid of the Herefords and getting some other new cow was in the Tory graph ages ago, and Royfield was quoted in there saying, you know, that he was fed up with these cow-type storylines, which I totally sympathise with. And it just said that they gave up the Herefords for a grass-fed breed, but it didn't say anything about the grass-fed breed. So I just felt really annoyed by it. That and the fact that they discovered nothing underneath Lillian's wardrobe. I mean, not even an empty gin bottle, just nothing. And it was all set up so fabulously well. Anyway, that's about all for this week, and once again, good luck for the 100th episode, and hope to call again soon. Bye now. I'm with you, Nigel. Don't give a toss about the cows. They're small and brown, apparently. But, but yeah, he looked up the cows online and everything, mm. and, and, and there was nothing to explain what the hell these cows were. But what worries me is that they say it's, they're a grass-fed breed. They're cows. They should all be. <laughs> it's only because we started feeding the mashed up turkey twizzlers that they all got mad cow disease in the first place. I should be the new BBC science correspondent. Mm. I should. Um, yes, absolutely bonkers. That was, uh, uh, you know, all this. Oh, they're all brown and, and they're smaller than the other ones, aren't they? And they've got that. They look leaner than the other one. You think, don't I don't care. I really don't care if you're not going to tell me what they are. Or if it's not, a, if there's not a particular reason for me knowing what they are, shut up about them. Don't care. Anyway. Mm. Uh, can I just say, he's my favourite caller in this week. New York Nigel? Yeah. Why? Oh, because he said he agreed with you, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You're so transparent. <laughs> Do you reckon? <laughs> Uh, we should have a special mailbox. If you agree with Royfield, ring this number. Mm -hmm. Then you will be put. You will be top of the show, and you will be lauded and probably receive some kind of award. I think New York Nigel and Bly Spirit both deserve their own theme tunes. Yeah, go on then. Mm. Mm. I think for New York Nigel, it'd be like a peal of bells because he's some kind of vicar, isn't he, or yes. something or another. Uh, Bly Spirit, um, I don't know. What's that? When when the boot comes in. That one or something or another. Because she's, she's from that neck of the woods, isn't she? She's from Northeast Land or something or another, isn't she? Geordie Land. No. She is, isn't she? Why do I think that she's from the Northeast? I don't know. I don't, I'm not saying she's got a big Northeast accent, but Just I think she's mentioned it at, at some point. Yeah, I think she mentioned it at some point. Blythe Spirit, tell us where you're from. I think she should have more of a Noel Coward theme tune as she's Blythe Spirit. Mm, there is that as well. Which is not... 
when the boat comes in. <laughs> but I think she's from the northeast. But I, I'm sure, I'm positive she is. I'm positive that's. Where, but she's obviously like you know from the posh end of the northeast. You know, speaking the way that she speaks. But anyway, she's going to clear it up for us next week, so we'll know. Okay. All right. Now, um, I suppose. I was, hang on a minute. I was also surprised, New York Nigel, that Lillian didn't didn't leave any extras in her bedroom that Toby. Oh yes, would have found. I thought she mm. might have left an Xbox controller behind. <laughs> <laughs> Lillian, you've left your. Oh, it's all right. No, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I see what you did there. I finally caught up. Well done. <laughs> I think yes, that would have been um, as you kind of alluded to in in your monologue. Um, they should try and get them together, kind of like a May to December type of cougar thing. That would be most excellent. It, oh, you know, no. they, they, listen, they like bonkers storylines at the moment. Why not have that as well? No. Let's just go no. for it. Yeah. Make it full on soap. But when you think about what happened last night, which we're not going to talk about, mm. Lillian, there's no way Lillian's falling for him, is there? She does. She thinks he talks shit. Does she? Yeah. I don't know. I think she might see oh, a bit. Oh, Lillian of a... deserves better than him. I think she might Even look at him and, and see, you know, what bit of a young Matt Crawford in him. Uh, have you had a bit of Matt Crawford in you? <laughs> <laughs> um, are you going to do some emails now? Oh yes, I am. Mm. Sorry, I've got a horrible, horrible mental image. Now. I'm just trying to just, you know, you know, Jenny things along here. Sorry. Mm. Um, Cosmo. Cosmo, do not be cross that mm. you are you are not coming on the show because you are, but we've got a special job for you, which we're going to give you soon. So stop being cross. We do not like it when we have cross Cosmo. Crossmo, you are. Um, why have the farming experts failed to actually identify the new cows at Brookfield? We keep, told, we keep being told they are crosses and the herd was Frisian Holsteins. These apparently look different, but what are they? They mentioned the short horns, which Dan ditched. So why don't tell us what has been crossed with what? Mm. And he said, uh, I heard Lillian say this week, the arrangement with Justin has no strings attached. I know I'm gullible. After all, I can still see what Rob is saying. But does Lillian really mean what I think she means? And if so, does she really believe it? And if she really believes it, will she be surprised when Justin asks if she might not stay in the Dower House one weekend? Or am I looking for a story where none exists? No, I think that's absolutely on the cards. Did you say a bit of a burp type thing? I did. I'm sorry. I just drank my tea really, really fast. Sorry. (laughs) Excuse me. Um, But yes, I mean, she is going to end up with Justin, isn't she? And I don't want, I just wanted to meet a man who hasn't already got another woman somewhere. You know, they're just all secrety and, you know, it was bad enough with, um, uh, with bloody Matt and ex-half-brothers popping up all over the place and lots of secrety secrets of Borsetshire land and, and all that. And now she's got another... Yeah, you know, people, one who's got people just wife. falling in love nice and simply. Doesn't make for good yeah. drama, though, does it? Uh, well, That's the thing. That's the thing. Um, a correction from mm. Izzy, who uh, rang in last week. She said, um, Hi, Dumpty Dum. I ended my last email with Moo. Judging by today's episode, however, I was incorrect. Please find the correction below. But thank you very much, Izzy. Um, <laughs> I love Alice. Um, Robin Yorkshire, the Fair Brothers. Mm. What is the point of the? There's no hello or anything. He just launches straight into it. What is the point of the Fair Brothers? 
originally I thought they were there to be the breeders for Pip and the future battlers for control of Brookfield with Josh and Ben. <laughs> Pip appears to be disinterested and is now uh, uninterested, you mean. And is now with a much more realistic match in Matthew, who in only a few weeks is more likeable than a lot of male characters in the village, especially Rex and Toby. Josh is already making fools of them and seems to be able to run circles around them so a likely power battle is unlikely. Disagree, Rob. I think that Matthew is on his way out and it's all going to be about Rob. Nothing about them makes sense. No, Rob. not Rob. I meant Rex. Mm. Uh, no, I didn't. I meant Toby. No, I no, didn't. No, you meant Rex. Me. You mean Rex. No. Nothing about them makes sense. See, I can't tell them apart from you now. Nothing about them makes sense. They must have made about £2,000 on the Christmas birds, but they seem to be able to go out most nights. No, you mean they, they lost £2,000 on those birds. Because okay. remember, Jojo Sexy Hills uh, did the maths yeah, yeah, on yeah. it. Yeah. But he says they still seem able to go out most nights, buy what they want and not worry about money in the slightest. They are meant to live no, in a crack- but, but we know they're getting money from their dad. Yet it is made out to be as big as home farm. Entertaining people for breakfast, <laughs> guests sleeping over, and this week a power shower for Toby. Yet a few weeks ago they were hosing each other down in the yard. Some caravan that. If they're now meant to be a bit of light relief, then we already have Jazza, Jim, the Grundys, Linda, Kenton and Lillian, all of whom are more popular and loved characters. They are in just about every episode. They don't do anything of worth. What is the point? Send them back to Brighton. Rob. Mm. He's, a, Some... he's, a, he's a feisty man, that yeah, Rob. He is, he is. He is. Now, nice long way away. I... A thought occurred to me uh, this week whilst listening to Josh run rings round the Fair Brothers. Yeah. Josh is uh, a young old Tom. That's yes. exactly yeah. what Tom was like, yeah. you know, little snotty nosed little kid. Yeah. I'm I'm an entrepreneur. I'm really yeah. smart. Really cocky as well. Yeah. Annoyingly successful. And it's kind of, but without the ladies' appeal, um, John Archer as well. Yeah. And basically, they're just reprising this, uh, you know, every what ten years. Yeah, you get the young entrepreneur, rural geezer, and and I thought to myself, hmm, because yes, Josh went into the egg business what a year ago, but you didn't hear him, did he? he says, oh, I'm going to do something with eggs. Yeah, and they just then just disappeared, and he's come mm. back, and he's like J R Ewing. J R Egging. It's like some super duper businessman just yeah. like happened overnight. Yeah, he's the Richard Branson of eggs. Yeah. Mm. Anyway, I just thought, he was just talking. I just thought this is just Tom. This is Tom, yeah. circa ten, twelve he even years ago. A bit like him, but yeah. then <laughs> of course he does because they all sound like him. Yes, mm. I know he is. A, there is something quite oh, infuriating about that. I find, but we well, you know he's supposed to be what eighteen, seventeen, and he's talking about you know my reputation. Yeah, you know with all these suppliers. Well, all these suppliers are just going to think he's an irritating little tick, aren't they, really? Exactly. But, you know. You know but, but, I, mean, I presume he, he, he's, he's, he's delivered the eggs. Uh, so, you know, that's <laughs> that's all they care about, isn't it? That mm. he's, you know, he does the job. Um, but he is chucking his weight around a bit. Mm. Um, but to be honest, the, the way that uh, um, Toby treats him, you know, we can be late. It's only him, you know. Mm. What I get. So then that made me, I just keep swinging. I, they, they're all irritating me at the moment. But whoever is being most irritating in a scene, I am swinging away from them. So I'm like a pendulum of annoyance. Hmm. So in a scene with him and Rex. 
I was just uh, thinking. Him and Toby, it's, it's Toby. I hate more. You don't really see pendulums anymore, do you? Well, you, what? Well, you do on clocks, obviously. No, you don't. Think about it. It's only old grandfather clocks have pendulums. Well, I've got one, so I see a pendulum every day. Good for me. How old's your clock? Uh, don't know. It's my grandma's. There you go. Old. You don't really see them anymore. The clocks aren't made with pendulums anymore. No. No. Anyway, next call, Lorelai. Oh no, let's 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 like think about that. What does that mean, Lucy? What? That clocks are not pendulums anymore. Sorry, I'm just sorry. I'm going off my own silly diversion here. Um, yeah, so let's go on to the next email, Lorelai. <laughs> Lorelai is a dog walker. You know what and... it is? It's batteries. What? Oh, yes. That's exactly what it is. Yes. Good. Can we shut up about it? Now we've solved the mystery, Sherlock. Okay, great. Done? Yes. Lorelai is a dog walker, and all the dogs I walk are dumpty dogs, as I listen to Dumpty Dum and the archers while I'm out walking. And she is writing from leafy Surrey via California. She started listening to the archers in 2012, around when James Bellamy broke his leg, so I'm a complete noob in archers listening terms. Uh, She was... Thinking about the divided attitudes towards Rob, she said, I really dislike the idea that the archers' women roll over and show their bellies to Rob, yet Tony and Tom seem to be able to hold their own against him. A lot of people have mentioned how out of character Pat is handling the whole thing, and maybe they've written Pat this way to show how manipulative and convincing he is, but I really don't like the implications of gender divide. Exactly. And as a mother myself, I really don't understand how any mum could allow their child to be treated as condescendingly as Rob treats Helen. Even before the anorexia took hold, Rob convinced Pat to see pregnancy as an illness and Helen like a child. And no one else is questioning it. Who in the world stops driving just because they're pregnant? No one thought that was odd. I worked a 40 hour week when I was pregnant the first time and I would have eaten the head of who questioned my ability to. Pat has been pregnant before, so surely she knows life does not stop. The whole delicate flower thing is absurd. Why can only Kirsty see how ridiculous it is? Love the podcast, blah, 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 Lorelai and Royfield. She says, you've been killing me with your San Francisco podcast, making me terribly homesick. I'm going back for a visit for the first time in 11 years, but it's when you guys are doing your 100th podcast. Oh, otherwise you would have been there in a heartbeat, she says. I think, Lorelai, I think if you came in when James Bellamy broke his leg, then you would not have been there when Helen was suffering with anorexia, suffering very, having an extreme... um, uh, episode of her anorexia and it was very very horrible she became very very um skinny and uh ill and uh she was really sort of self-harming quite badly and she sort of had a breakdown uh and pat then became as um blind spirit said hyper vigilant around helen and very very anxious and it was from then on that Helen has kind of been a combination of sort of hot housed and indulged really it's very they the whole family find it very very difficult to criticize Helen or any of her choices or question anything she wants to do because they're terrified that they're going to trigger another episode would you agree with that Roy I think that's pretty much spot on you are right they they don't know how to uh confront her uh Tony did um around the uh surrogate pregnancy and pat nearly took him down didn't she yeah yeah berserk 
Um, but you're completely right. Tom will do and say something. At least old Tom did. You know, I'm going to do this with with Bridge Farm sausages. I'm going to call them Tom Tom Archer sausages. I'm, you know, it's all about my brand, whatever, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And they would say, Tom, what are you doing? And mm-hmm. Tom and Tony would have rocks galore. Pat would throw her hands up. But with Helen, it, it's completely different. Mm. And and this is Everybody where... Everybody tiptoes around her. Yes. They? And this is where um, having brilliant listeners who can remember um, way back when, having brilliant listeners a la Mr. Horn, who can go back and say, actually, this is the seed of this was from when she was born because she was a sickly child and mm. always has been wrapped up in, in cotton wool. And, and that's, what, that's what Rob has identified in yes. her. As yes. well, that's what's allowed him to exploit her mm. and the family in the way mm. that he has done. Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. So, hey, and also there was the she had a boyfriend who was a gamekeeper who who was very depressed and yeah, Greg killed himself. She was trying to keep his family together by um, looking after his stepdaughters. Um, she then started hitting the bottle after he died. She then started hitting the bottle a bit. Then she had a series of unsuitable dates then she had henry which nearly Mm. sort of wrecked her relationship with her father um she had there is there is a lot of there are many many reasons why they would treat helen as a delicate flower Mm. absolutely yeah i agree with you that it would be very unlike pat to just back off no 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 it it would it would and abandon her to rob as she has done you know she's she's collapsed publicly um she has a breakdown at tom's birthday she's collapsed in the shop pat would be stepping up Mm. you know way back when months ago i said well if you this from pat's point of view her daughter's now got married and from the outside he looks incredibly caring and i think that stood three four five months ago not now not when the daughter has been admitted to hospital is falling down all over the place having you know emotional outbursts and running away from the family table pat would be absolutely stepping up and saying what is going on Mm. forget pat any mother yeah it doesn't have to be militant you know strident feminist pat just any mother would yeah uh, and you, you're, you're completely right. And I just kept shtum literally this whole episode because I'm just fed up of this. Mm. And okay. I think. <laughs> <laughs> Can you sort that out, Lucy? You're going to get the entire message now. <laughs> just turn them off, whoever they are. <laughs> yes, they've gone. Yeah, thank you. Right. <laughs> don't people know that we podcast at this time no, on Monday they morning? They, they, they're just willy nilly ringing me up. Mm. All hours of the day and night, the swine. Pat makes no sense to me. No. And I'm sorry, the litany, the catalogue of health issues her daughter has, Mm. Pat would be saying, you have a home birth over my dead body. I think actually they'd have kept her in. I don't think they'd have let her home. I think if she's anemic, she's got, she's got, uh, mental health issues, which means she's going to be an unreliable. Well, no, the health, you know, of, but of, that hasn't been hasn't actually been diagnosed as, as such, has she? She's be she was going to be referred for an assessment, but but either way, I just I've said this I said this many 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 moons ago, but this has been the Helen Archer show uh, mm. for a few years now, and 
complex character, but I it isn't just the storyline I want to go now. I kind of want her just to fade into the background. I don't want her to die or anything. Not not mean spirited about it, but again, this whole thing just seems so incredibly lopsided because we can absolutely plot every nuance of the reason why she is because of the amount of detail she's thrown on her. Mm. What about Kenton? What about you know we we've started saying that David is actually a boring character. Tim Bentink, great actor. He actually is the fulcrum of the whole show. But he's not painted in anything like the detail that Helen is. Mm. He isn't. Mm. And the same goes for just about every other bloody character on there. And that's before you start talking about all the missing characters. You yeah. know, I, I have, I'm not a great Will Will Grundy fan. But Will Grundy in and of himself, he's, you know, he's had his brother take his wife. He's had all manner of ups and downs and travails. Where the hell is he? Yeah. I just want there to be more balance. I just want yeah. less of Helen. Yeah. I just want this Rob thing to end. And I just want the whole thing to be more balanced. And and again, just repeating things that we said before, it shows you how unbalanced this whole thing is, where she isn't uh, the character. She doesn't appear in the most episodes. Neither actually does Rob. But it's the slow pace of this whole... Excuse mm. the, I know we've got Dumbly Diddlers listening. So sorry, sorry, Dumbly Diddlers. Blot your ears, blot your ears. Fucking storyline. Yeah. Right. That, because it, it's so slow paced. And I, I, you know, and I don't care that in real life it would be like this. It's not real life. Mm. You know, what? if I want real <laughs> life, I wouldn't be listening to Radio 4. Right. <laughs> you would know. have a life yeah. that wouldn't involve Radio Exactly. 4. I don't <laughs> want real life. Right. I want this to ape bits of real life to tell me to give me lessons on how to be a better human being and how to understand people yeah 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 all of that however it's not real life it's not so get it over with expedite it i don't care how you do it just do it and let's remember there's a there's a whole village of other characters as well please there you go i wasn't going to rant this week i've been so quiet (laughs) i think we both needed it yes right um Oh, all right then. Well, I'll tell you. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction and free shipping. And that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements. Featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash acast. 
and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. But I've worked myself into right lather. So <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to nip downstairs, put kettle on, and uh, I'll see you the other side in five. Hello. As you know, I love France, and I help with the twinning of Mirielle and Ambridge. So it's with great pleasure that I can tell you about another Entente Cordiale. On Friday, March the 25th, until Monday the 28th, you can visit St. Guyenne in Brittany, courtesy of Dumpty Dummer Jacqueline Bertho. The itinerary includes a trip to Denom, the local farmer's market, a visit to the mayor, a bake-off and other shenanigans. The cost is £110 and this includes your accommodation, dinner and breakfast. Go to dumptydum.com to book and to view the trip. For further info, contact Jacqueline via email jacqueline.bertho at yahoo.fr It's the story of a cultural superpower that danced and sprinted its way to success. It brought the world reggae, Colin Powell, Rastas, Hip Hop, Bob Marley and much more. Its story is told to you in full colour for your podcasting ears. It's the story of how Jamaica conquered the world. Search for it on iTunes. How Jamaica conquered the world. It's probably the best least known podcast in podcastdom. Search for it today. Seit der Reichsgründung ist es durch 1914, June, Sarajevo, the heir to the throne of Austria-Hungary, Archduke Franz Ferdinand, assassinated, killed by a Serbian nationalist. About six weeks later, world war breaks out. Germany, Austria-Hungary, Russia, France, Britain, everyone is drawn into it starting in August, and then... Will America be drawn in? Listen to the first show exclusively on Mixcloud today and subscribe to us on iTunes beginning January the 18th. From Washington to Obama, 10 American Presidents, the new podcast from Royfield Brown. Do you have a National Trust sticker on your car? Do you think you could be best friends with Kath Kidson? Do you spend hours wandering around the airport looking for an organic quinoa cafe because you refuse to go to Burger King? Then Sarah Smith Cloths are for you. Available from Sainsbury's for the Posher Washer. Proud sponsors of Dumpty Dum. I've just had a look at the Dumpty Dum shop. They've got no tracksuits, but they do do t-shirts, which are very flattering. Nice if you want to show off your figure a little bit. Nick couldn't carry one off, of course, but I can. G'day, everyone. And I am absolutely shattered after a full week of Legally Blonde. I've done 44 hours over and above my normal working hours, which is full time. But it was a rip-roaring success and it's all over now. And when I have finished this podcast, I'm going to have a Lillian GNT to celebrate. <laughs> so first of all, um, I just want to start with something that's uh, not from our page, just because I thought it was really interesting. So Linda Smith on Archer's Appreciation said, now I always look at things from the veterinary perspective. Firstly, assembling a herd from multiple disparate locations and chucking them in together is a recipe for disaster. 
All sorts of disease problems are possible together with a load of fighting to agree position in the herd. Secondly, the comment that half of them will be calving in the next few weeks. It is illegal to transport pregnant animals in the, first, in the last 10% of their gestational period. And for cows, this is 0.9 months, which is more than three weeks. Maybe Borsetshire trading standards should get involved. Local authorities are the ones that enforce this legislation. I thought that was interesting and once again um, is testimony to the intelligence of the listeners of the archers. Now, I am actually obviously very excited about Legally Blonde, but uber, uber excited because we now have 1,000 likes on our page. And I'm happy to say that as I got excited and was publishing on there that I was getting excited and we were near there, uh, you joined in. And uh, Jacqueline Boto says, yes, I agree. 1,000 do not know where they've been for the last 97 weeks. But welcome to our lovely, friendly archers um, who now lead the world with number 1,000. And I think um, that our 1,000th was Veronica Townley. Uh, and she says, uh, hola, just a Mexican introduced to the archers by my husband. And then there was a couple of other words that were not in uh, English, which I um, only speak English. So get on there and have a look because they all sounded um, rather rather welcoming. She's obviously pleased to be there. And, uh, yep, so if you get onto the page, everybody is celebrating with us. So just in time for our 100th episode. So congratulations to everybody. We are a community and we achieved it. Um, I did also asked this week about Team Kirsty, and uh, you. I think rather than read it out, you really need to go to the page. D. Leary has put an extremely thoughtful response um, onto our Facebook page. So get on there and read it and maybe respond to her. She's obviously someone with a lot of experience and wisdom in this area. But others, such as Rachel Hannah, said, loved that scene. Really powerful. Still can't see a way of this storyline ending well for Helen, Henry and the new baby, though. She's so resistant to help. What does everyone else think? And everyone agrees, such as Jan Mitchell, that she is an excellent role model. Um, lots of people saying they felt physically sick as Helen was manipulated into choosing a home birth by Arsula and Rob. That from Cara Littlewood Poirier. Um, and yep, nearly everybody either saying that they responded to it um, emotionally or that they, um, you know, they, they angrily to Ursula. So that was on our Facebook page and on Dumpty Dum itself, uh, an, a nice little thread that just said, Hello, I'm you, started uh, a nice little conversation. Uh, which I wish to alert you to. So that's on uh, dumptydum.com. And somebody has suggested it was Sarah Sari. I hope I've said that correctly. She says she's a huge fan of Nancy Banks-Smith's. And those of us who read Nancy Banks-Smith will agree with you. Am I allowed to mention her here? Absolutely. You're allowed to mention anyone who's a fan. Do hope others enjoy her wonderful writing. Her analysis of Rob as the boa constrictor, hypnotising the female characters is spot on. And her opening salvo of Ambridge shooting backwards to the good old days as if its braces were caught on the doorknob was a glory to read. And that woman has a way with words. She's suggesting when Nancy finally retires from journalism, she hopes that she reappears as a member of the artist cast. What a great idea. I wonder who else we should have on 
There's also a nice little talk on there about Ursula. So choose choose which is your communication device. Do you want to go onto our Facebook page or would you like to get onto our forum? You're welcome to be on both. Uh, I look forward very much to speaking with you next week. But until then, let's uh, pop open the champers or the gin and tonic. You can have a beer, you can have a cup of cocoa. We don't mind, but we are celebrating. Congratulations, one and all. Hooroo! <laughs> Hey, I'm promptly refreshed, Lucy. Um, what's your tea of choice? English breakfast. Yeah, but what type of English breakfast? Uh, Yorkshire tea, hard water. Oh. How different does the hard water uh, Yorkshire tea taste from the just like the Yorkshire tea? Well, when you make normal tea with hard mm. water, you get like a scummy thing on top. Oh, yes. And when you use the hard water tea bags, you don't. Hmm. So basically, that's just London water, isn't it? Yes. Okay. Oh, smashing. I tell you, as a little kiddly wink, when we used to come down to London, go around to my auntie Val's, she, she used to live in Wembley, still does actually. I was always horrified looking at her kettle. What, because of all the lines go? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You don't, you don't <laughs> get that in Birmingham. Well, you don't get it anywhere else in the UK, do you? It's just kind of London. In the southeast, I think. You were a strange little boy looking at your auntie Val's kettle, weren't you? No, but it's one of the things you always noticed when when you came down to London. Everybody's kettle was just like, ooh. And know. black snot when you blew your nose. Black snot. What? Black snot from the tube when you went on the tube. In the old days, before it was all clean, which it isn't still. But when you Black blew your snot? Nose, yeah. I've never heard that before. That's what, you want about the days of steam power or something? How <laughs> old are you? How old do you think I am? Yes, men in top hats walking before the car. <laughs> when you used to go up to London mm. it's because I lived in the country probably when mm. you used to go up to London mm. and came home mm. and blew your nose it was black and it was from all the pollution well I suppose I lived in a metropolis anyway yes. so so uh, maybe I was just used to black snot yeah mm. anyway goodness we're such an interesting pair of broadcasters aren't we <laughs> <laughs> I tell you what um, uh, anyway um, Millie um well done on the thousandth listener. Well Yay. done, Millie Bell. Most excellent. Um, and uh, as always, an amazing roundup of all things to do with Dumdy Dum on social media. Uh, but now it's time I for. Off, I, I think. Hmm? I think your house is taking off. <laughs> oh <There's> yes. A... <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Noise behind you then. Uh, Private. Uh, Lucy, do we just go to the end of the show now? No, we've got uh, top five hashtag artist tweets of the week. Have you really? Yes. Funny that, because when we started the show, you hadn't got any. I know, I'd forgotten, hadn't I? Ah. <laughs> Maybe we had to delay <laughs> the start of the show for you to find your hashtag the artist tweets of the week. It. Go, go, go. Now, Candida Beaching. Plot prediction. Not the first I know, but Helen is going to die from preeclampsia from the home bath. Hashtag, hashtag kill Rob. Hashtag kill Ursula. <laughs> very bloodthirsty candida kill everybody angela funkaroonie said they were t- dusty substances was said she was fed up with feeling upset about the archers uh and that she didn't cry at but she didn't cry dusty substances refuses to cry at any of the things that other people cry at and angela said i cried when the fergie went <laughs> <laughs> uh, mrs trellis said to encourage Rob to think again about a home birth, I shall be performing a home vasectomy and a little home root canal work. (laughs) 
Uh, home vasectomy. I like the sound of that. Paul Truman, 74, hero of Dumpty Dum, uh, said, Tom knows. Deep down, way down there inside, below his sausages and his secret burning love for Jazza, he knows. Always mm. mm. oh, in the uh, Times today. Is he? Yeah. Yeah. Good. Bob Hawkins said, Roy Tucker is the night manager. <laughs> Have you been watching that? <laughs> I saw a bit of it. It's very good. That Tom Hiddleston, I love him. Yes. And Andrew Michael, Money and Media, said, The only way Tom is going to twig what is wrong is if Helen describes recent goings on through the medium of sausage. <laughs> <laughs> He's been rather restrained about sausage talk recently, hasn't he? He has. Yeah, you, you got to keep credit where credit's due. <laughs> uh, is that just about it? It is just about it. All right, smashing. I'm going to crack on and get to the end of this show. Okay. I'm saving up all me. I'm saving all me firepower for the hundredth next week, Lucy. Are I you am. feeling nervous yet? No. Nope. No, you never are, are you, you git? I'm nervous. Why for does both it make us? me a git? Because I have, I've got a week to look forward to of churning stomach, adrenaline spasms. But and... that's because you're the talent, Lucy. No, right? it is not. It's because I react really badly to nerves and you just sail through blithely. Tef- Teflon boy. Nothing no, but... no, it's because you're the talent, right? And, no, and part of your creative process is to be a bundle of nerves and that kind of, and then have that energy, then create the, the genius that is your monologues. Huh. Everyone's only coming out to see you anyway. Rush. Anyway, crack on. No, I'd like to explore this a little bit more. No, don't, because it'll make me go all funny again. All right, then. Remember, you can add articles to our site, which is dumdydum.com. You can comment on the shows. You can message other listeners. And you can go onto our forum and you can do stuff. Go onto dumdydum.com today. Sign up and log in. Now... This week we've had no iTunes reviews. None from Australia, none from Canada, none from the US, none from Japan, none from (laughs) anywhere on planet Earth. And I just think that's just a little bit sad, considering next week is going to be our hundredth. People should be saying... Maybe everyone in the world has done one now. There's no uh, one in the world. No, there's 7 billion people on planet Earth, of which, let's say, half of those have access to the internet. Mm. Right. Okay, so... There is no way that everyone on planet Earth has There's done probably at a least Dumpty seven, though, that haven't listened to Dumpty Dum. <laughs> we have, all over planet Earth, on the different iTunes stores, 237 reviews. Now, good people, um, you don't have to give us anything other than a little bit of your time. Please, in the next seven days, if you haven't done one already, just write us a review to say happy 100th. That'd be lovely. Mm. Go into iTunes, go do that. Now, remember, 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 it is our 100th episode next week, uh, and we're recording in front of a live studio audience. Ah! <sighs> That's you at the BBC bar next to Broadcasting <laughs> House in central London. Sorry, I had a momentary spasm again. Tickets are free and they're available from eventbrite.com. There are 10 left. But once we reach that 10, we cannot let anyone else in because they won't let us. Um, So sign up now to avoid disappointment or possibly revel in disappointment when you actually get there. (laughs) On Monday, the 7th of March, 2016, from 7 to 10, 
Yes, there are drinks, by the way. It is a bar, so there are drinks. And there is also food. And message from Derek, please get your calls in by Sunday. Because he doesn't want, if he's going to be manhandling his unfeasibly large equipment all day on Monday, he can't be doing calls as well. So we have to get them all over to him on Sunday and then we will play the calls out um, on the, uh, on the, the, we'll play them out to the audience uh, so that everyone can hear what we're hearing when we respond. Awesome. Oh, yes. And we have some hot Dumpty Diddler news. Sophie, who's at Violet underscore Kite on the Twitter, thanked us for helping get her through the last few weeks awaiting the birth of her new Dumpty Diddler, Rosa Olivia. She's very sweet. She's Lucy very sweet. Dodsworth, who is at LucyD121 on the Twitters, posted... Podcast and breastfeeding don't mix. Poor infant literally propelled off of the boob as I was <laughs> laughing so much. Ah. So remember, if you have a kiddo who is forced to listen to Dumpty Dum, tell us and they can join the ranks and the Dumpty Diddlers. And also, if you'd like to help keep our show on the road, there are two ways that this can be done, Lucy. You can go to patreon.com forward slash Dumpty Dum and find us to support the show for $2. Or if you want to simply donate, you can go to dumptydum.com and hit the donate button on the site. And this week, we'd like to thank Rachel Tolhurst, who joined the ranks of the Patreons. Remember to get in contact with us. You can send us a voice message via SpeakPipe. You can do that by going on to dumptydum.com. Or you can call us on 0203-031-3105 to leave us a telephonic message. You can find us on social media, specifically Twitter, where we're at Dumpty Dum. I'm also at Royfield, which is spelled R-O-I for India, F-I-E-L-D. Me, I'm at Lucy V. Freeman, or and Sarah Smith is at Sarah underscore Smith. And finally, you can join us on the Book of Face, where we are Dumpty Dum, and we have 1,003 Lyca Lurkers. Awesome. Awesome. Well awesome, done, awesome. Millie Bell, for that. Yes, she has just done an amazing job. And welcome to all you new Lycas on uh, on Facebook. Looking forward to chatting with you all soon. Yes. Now, and uh, especially to little Rosa Olivia, who is so cute. Do you think she's on Facebook? Probably. You gotta be, no, you've got to be 13 before you're on Facebook. She's like... Th- 13 hours old or something <laughs> Lucy. they wouldn't have her on okay mm. but no it's absolutely lovely picture she's got so many little retweets so even when we're on a budget we still deserve nice things quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands they have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at 50 dollars, luxurious italian leather bags and so much more plus Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Here's a cool fact. A crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Another cool fact? You can get short-term health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans are designed for people who are between jobs, coming off their parents' plan, or turning a side hustle into a full-time gig. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. Get more cool facts about United Healthcare short-term plans at uh1.com. So many retweets and likes, uh, likes of that. 
All right, so that's uh, I th- I think I'm done because I just want to get down and edit this mama jammer. Okay. All right, toodaloo. Bye.